We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Hello, friends. Welcome into the Pack a Day podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. You can follow the podcast at Pack a Day Podcast. Make sure to subscribe below if you have not already. Today, we're going to get into the very heavy-hitting topic of Aaron Rodgers and why Green Bay should ultimately trade him. Before we get there, a couple quick news and notes from Sunday. Vikings lose, first of all. So uh, if you are not super excited about the Aaron Rodgers conversation, I think we can all agree, at least those of you who are here as Green Bay Packer fans, can agree that it was very exciting watching the Vikings lose. Once again, having nothing to show in their trophy case for another winning season. All the talk of the Vikings being fraudulent regular season, uh, a fraudulent regular season team comes to fruition and just the absolute chef kiss perfect moment of a what fourth and eight where Kirk Cousins checks it down for a two-yard play and actually probably didn't even check it down to the right person. Dalvin Cook probably would have had a better chance on the other side, but we digress. The Vikings lost and I know like there will be some that are just like, hey, the Packers didn't even make the playoffs. You don't get to celebrate it. Like screw that. Life is short. We don't, uh, you know, there's enough crazy crap going on in the world. Like the Vikings lost. It's awesome. Celebrate it. Enjoy it. And uh, yeah, they they can talk smack because they got to the playoffs. Green Bay didn't. They have one up on us, I guess. But 
Uh, guess what? The Vikings got there once again and lost in the first round of the playoffs to the New York Giants, and it was glorious. So we got to enjoy that on Sunday, and really what's been a phenomenal wildcard weekend, or super wildcard weekend, if you will. Listen, 49ers Seahawks uh, was the only game that was not a one-score game at the end. And let's just be real. The Seahawks did enough heavy lifting in that game to at least get us through a little bit past the first half. The Seahawks had the lead at halftime and gave you hope that like, all right, maybe this is going to be a close, interesting game. The 49ers pulled away. We always expected them to pull away, but the Seahawks kept it close, I think, longer than we you know could have expected or anticipated in that game. And then, like I said, the second half, not as great. But then Jaguars Chargers, one of the, the greatest comebacks in NFL postseason history. You've got Bills Dolphins ends up being way closer than it had any right to be. And the Dolphins put up a heck of a fight. A lot of mistakes from the Bills, but that was a legitimate game that the Dolphins could have actually somehow won. Giants-Vikings, close game, one-score game, and the Giants ultimately beat the Vikings, which, as I mentioned, is fantastic if you're listening to this show, because I know you're probably a Packer fan. And then Bengals-Ravens, uh, I mean, that comes down to the last play where you're, you're kind of throwing it up for grabs. Like, I don't, I don't even want to get into all of the issues with the Ravens' final drive and how they're just wasting time and everything like that. But, I mean, that literally comes down to the last play and the entire swing on the Huntley fumble, return for a touchdown, like, that was a massively entertaining game. So, man, the NFL is insane. It's crazy. A lot of controversial calls, a lot of crazy plays, insane comebacks, upsets. It had all of it. And it's just what makes the NFL so incredibly great and so fun to talk about 365 days a year. You know, it's not always fun to talk about, however, trading your all-time great franchise quarterback, and that's Aaron Rodgers. And of course, that's the title of today's episode. The Packers should trade Aaron Rodgers again. If you're wondering why it's again, it's because I actually had this same basic podcast February 16th of last year. It's time for the Packers to trade Aaron Rodgers. I'll go over that more in just a moment, but just a couple of quick disclaimers before we jump into this heavily loaded episode, which is going to have a lot of emotions. It's akin to basically talking about politics. There are going to be two sides very much divided and having very passionate opinions. The first thing is that if you're just thinking, all right, Andy is just this is just clickbait. You're just talking about trading Aaron Rodgers for the sake of it. My first answer to you is listen to today's show because this is not just clickbait. You will see exactly why I'm heading in the direction that we're going in today. I don't think there's going to be much question as to why I want to eventually see an Aaron Rodgers trade if that possibility comes to fruition. You will see everything that I lay out today. The second thing is like we're talking probably, this will probably get more views because it's talking about a trade of Aaron Rodgers. We're talking probably about like 30 more dollars at the end of the day because of this. If you think that $30 is worth all of the comments below that are going to be dragging me and the messages on Twitter and everything like that because I discussed trading Aaron Rodgers. Trust me, the $30 isn't worth it. I do one clickbaity uh, podcast every single year and I've told you about it before and that is the trade deadline podcast where I get to talk about realistic options for the Packers at the trade deadline. We all know that the odds of the Packers making an actual trade at the trade deadline have basically been, I don't know, one in never. So that is my one every year. It does great numbers. I love talking about it. Even then I try to make it as realistic as possible, but that's my one that is probably uh, a little bit clickbaity every year. Everything else I'm going to do straight up. I'm going to tell you guys exactly how I'm feeling, and this is exactly how I feel on this topic. So like it, love it, hate it, whatever it is, this is how I feel about it. And that's how I'm always going to talk to you guys is what I legitimately feel on a topic. So I totally get 
the passion behind this. This is not an easy decision. It is a very intense conversation and trading Aaron Rodgers should be, even the conversation of it should be taken with the highest amount of care because this isn't Madden. This isn't fantasy football. This is a real player. The arguably all-time great Packers quarterback, arguably all-time great Green Bay Packer, Hall of Famer, one of the best throwers of the football of all time. Like This is a very heavy topic and I will address it as such today because it deserves that sort of weight and merit, etc. The other thing I want to note before we jump in is that this could all be a moot point, right? If Aaron just says, I'm retiring, well, that takes all of this away and there is no trade. There is no him coming back. It's just he rides off into the sunset and that's it. He's retired. And that will certainly be a very different episode and a very different conversation at that time. And again, he's an all-time great Hall of Fame quarterback. And I have you know the utmost of respect for what he's done to the city of Green Bay, uh, what he's done charitably and um you know, just as a person, like there is so much that he has done for the city of Green Bay, not just the Packers, but the city of Green Bay as a whole. Um, like I said, I have a lot of reverence for that, for what Aaron Rodgers has done. But again, that doesn't make these conversations any easier, or harder. It's just, we have to talk about it realistically, no matter what the weight of the topic is. And like I said, talking about trading Aaron Rodgers certainly comes with a certain level of weight. So a year, just about a year ago, February 16th, 2022, I had an episode that was labeled, it's time for the Packers to trade Aaron Rodgers, or it's time to trade Aaron Rodgers. I believed it at the time, but that was a very, very, very different conversation. The reason being is Aaron had just come off of back-to-back MVPs. That team was seemingly stacked with talent. Devontae Adams was still not on the roster at that point because he was technically set to become a free agent, but he had not been traded at that point. And certainly there was some realistic possibility that he could have come back and play for Green Bay, at least based on what we knew at that time. And as I mentioned at that time, that that was not in any way, shape or form an easy decision. Like if they wanted to move forward with Aaron, I would have understood it completely. I did understand it completely. He's just back-to-back MVP. I looked at it as I thought the window had basically closed, which has basically come to fruition. And they, I, I looked at it at all the risk involved. Even then, we didn't even know the, the Broncos' potential mega trade offer at the time. I discussed some possibilities of what a trade offer could be and that if they got that mother load offer that the, I really thought that they should have taken it. But that is a totally different discussion in 2022 because of the season that Green Bay had, 13 wins. Devontae, as I mentioned, was still at least somewhat in the full that he hadn't been traded yet. You had Bakhtiari and Jenkins potentially coming back from injury. The roster looked fairly stacked. Like That is a very difficult decision to make in that situation when, again, he's coming off of two MVP seasons. So that was a lot different. Um, Now they're coming off of an eight and nine season and things have changed quite a bit. We also, at that point, we saw no real sign out of Jordan Love, which has changed slightly. Um, But at that point, the, the only thing we saw was that Kansas City game in the second half of Detroit, both, especially the Kansas City game was not great at all. The second half of Detroit, a couple throws here and there, but like we had no real, you know, idea that Jordan Love could have been anything at that point. So there was just a lot different at that point in February 16th of 2022. And even then I came to the conclusion that I thought it was time to trade Aaron, but like I said, a totally different conversation. So what has changed since that time? First of all, Devontae Adams is gone. He's a uh, Las Vegas Raider. Aaron Rodgers coming off the worst season of his career. 
Jordan Love at least has shown some additional signs of improvement. We still have no idea. I don't like I would still argue that even the Packers, until they see him in a consistent regular season, don't have a full idea of what he's gonna be. But he looked better in the times that we saw him this past year, preseason, and even the you know, cup of coffee he got here and there in regular season than he did at any point the previous year. The team's outlook has changed quite a bit before three back-to-back-to-back 13-win seasons, NFC Championship game, NFC Championship game, divisional round game. This year, you're coming off of an eight and nine season, and the outlook moving forward is extremely questionable as to where this team kind of goes from here. Aaron Rodgers signed a mega contract this past offseason, which has really changed everything as well, and we're going to go over that in detail also. The Rodgers LaFleur offense has looked disjointed at best this year, and there seems to be some legitimate tension or at least frustration at times with how this offense is being run. And we saw a significant decline in the offensive production, clearly partially due to Rodgers' injury and Devontae Adams' absence and MVS's absence and some of the injuries along the offensive line, etc. But whatever the case may be, there was real signs of like not like sideline tension where Rodgers and LaFleur are yelling at each other or anything like that. But just like this offense looks nothing like a Matt LaFleur offense. Rodgers making comments in post-game press conferences where things need to be simplified. It just, there was a, there was a tangible feel there that there was just so much frustration and it just didn't look right. So that has changed. And then the other thing that's changed that is sort of on the opposite side is it's very clear as of right now that while Green Bay certainly would get something from Aaron or for Aaron Rodgers in a trade, it is nowhere near the potential mother load offer that they would have received a season ago had they traded him at that time. So those are all the things that have really changed from last year when I recorded the episode until now. So Ultimately, at the end of the day, I do believe that this is the time to ultimately trade Aaron Rodgers, assuming he wants to play and assuming he's not going to have an issue with being traded. Because remember, he doesn't have a no trade clause. I talked about this on his contract episode, doesn't have a no trade clause. But if you say, I'm trading you to the Jets, he could just say, you trade me to the Jets, I retire, and they're not going to want to do that deal then, and you are screwed. So they, he can play hardball. Green Bay can play hardball because they can't release him. Remember, that's not a possibility to release him. And he might say, I want to play. So they could say, okay, we can't release you. You want to play. You won't go to the Jets. You come back. You're backing up Jordan Love. In which case he would say, all right, I'm open to a trade, but maybe not the Jets. And it could get ugly before you ultimately come to a conclusion. But there could be some issue there in what you know what options that there ultimately are. But at the end of the day, assuming that you can come to an amicable agreement with Aaron about a trade and where his destination is, and that he wants to play this season, I do wholeheartedly believe that trading Aaron is the absolute best option for this franchise. And number one on my list is the biggest reason why. And this is going to be a little bit numbers oriented and a little bit nerdy. So I apologize in advance, but I'm going to keep it as simple as possible. The contract and financial flexibility here is the 1A reason why. And I just want to go through the two most obvious scenarios with you, meaning that A, he is traded, or B, he plays this season for Green Bay and then retires next year. All right, I, to me, those are the two most likely scenarios with the second option, him playing this year and then retiring next year, probably being the most likely of the two. But let's just take those two. If trading out, and I'm not going to do the whole Aaron Rodgers salary cap episode again. If you want to get the whole breakdown, check out my episode from last week. It'll explain everything. But just real quickly, 
If they trade him prior to June 1st this year, they take a $40.3 million cap hit on this year's contract. And yes, it is very possible to swallow that cap hit. Go listen to my contract breakdown. So yes, they can swallow that and it's done. It is over with. You have taken your medicine, you have eaten that salary cap hit, and there is no future Aaron Rodgers salary cap hits on any future salary cap. It is done. It is over with. Finite. That's it. So one year, $40.3 million for him to not be on the team, but probably getting some draft assets in return or something in return for him. But one year, $40.3 million, take your medicine, get it over with. It's done with. All right. million. Remember that number. If he were to play this year, he would make 31.6 million in salary. When I'm talking about these numbers, this is salary cap hits. The actual cash is totally different, but these are salary cap hits, which if you are a fan of the team, that is the only number that matters. How much cash he actually pockets in his back pocket doesn't matter. What matters is actually the salary cap hits. So if he plays this season, he would make $31.6 million against the salary cap this year. So $9 million less than if you were to trade him, but you actually have him on the team. That's That seems better, right? Would I rather pay $40 million for Aaron Rodgers not on the team or $31.6 million with Aaron Rodgers on the team? $31.6 with Aaron Rodgers on the team seems way, way better. Except if you were to play this year at $31.6 million on the team and then retire next year, Next year and the following year combined, you have 68.2 million in dead salary. 68.2. No magic salary cap fairy, no magic salary cap genie, no nothing. It is 68.2 million in dead cap split between 2024 and 2025. That's it. So when it comes down to it, you can have one. $40.3 million cap hit this year by trading him away and be done, or you can pay him $99.7 million over this year, next year, and the following year for just this year of Aaron Rodgers. That is a $59.4 million difference in in salary cap hits over three seasons. And you might say, Andy, that's split over three seasons. They can handle that. Okay, but that is still a massive pill to swallow. So what it comes down to is do you want Aaron Rodgers on a one-year $59.4 million deal? Would you sign him to that? If you were a free agent out on the street, all right, forget everything else. If Aaron Rodgers were a free agent on the street and he was selling his services across the league, highest bidder he's going to go to, and he said, you know, the, the highest bid anywhere else is 59.3 million. And he says, Green Bay, I'll come play for you, but I need 59.4 million and I'm just going to play for one season. And you could split that salary cap between, you know, future seasons and between, you know, you could do that. Would you do that deal? One year, 59.4 million is a lot of money for a player that is coming off the worst season of his career. Injuries, offensive line play, receiver play, all played a part in that. But significant decline overall in his play from last year to this year will be age 40 in this upcoming season. So doesn't play next year, trade him away 40.3 million. One year of play ultimately over three seasons is going to cost you 99.7 million, a $59.4 million difference. 
That is a massive pill to swallow if you want to keep him on the team. That is reason number one that I think it's time to move on because if you want to look at the overall salary cap viability over the next handful of seasons, starting to get salary cap healthy and not taking on additional 59.4 million in salary cap hits for a player that is not going to be here in the future is probably the best way to start getting right from a salary cap standpoint. So that is a number one. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Number two is Aaron Rodgers' decline, and I've gone through some of these numbers before, but I think it's important to go over it again. His overall passer rating dropped 20.8 points from 111.9 to 91.1 from 2021 to 22. His completion percentage was down over 6% from 2020 and 4% from 2021. His 3,695 yards were the second lowest of his career as a starter in which he played at least 15 games. His interception rate was the fourth highest of his career. His adjusted net yards per attempt, which is a huge statistic in the analytics community, was the lowest of his career. His overall quarterback rating was the lowest of his career. His QBR was the lowest of his career as a starter by over 13 points. He had the second lowest yards per attempt of his career. He hasn't had a 300-yard game since week 10 of 2021. His fourth quarter quarterback rating was 79.3. His rating inside the 10-yard line was 73.8. That's worse than Davis Mills uh, in overall quarterback rating. His third down QB rating was 76.2. His fourth down QB rating was 73.4. Both his grades by myself and Pro Football Focus were down significantly over the pre- over really any season uh, as a starter. His uh, fourth quarter statistics, clutch statistics per ESPN, 
54% completion percentage, worst of his career, 5.5 yards per attempt, worst of his career, two touchdowns, two interceptions, worst ratio of his career. That's fourth quarter in one score games this past season. He's had three opportunities the last three years, ball in his hands, NFC Championship game against the Buccaneers, down eight, opportunity to tie, couldn't get in the end zone, opportunity to win, go down and win last year, tie game, ball in his hands, end of the game, fourth quarter, 49ers at home, couldn't get the job done. This year, down four, Lions at home, opportunity to go down and win, ends in an interception. Not a, not all on Aaron Rodgers, it's a team game, but that's what you're, if you want to pay a quarterback, an additional 60 million in salary. Those are the things he has to find a way to get done. Like that, you're paying him to overcome those bad situations. You're paying him to basically be a ticket into the playoffs and give you a puncher's chance at a Super Bowl. The way he played this year, partly due to circumstances, but it wasn't even close. It, ultimately, it was a game away. I get that, but like it wasn't close to being able to compete for a Super Bowl. Like if you if you think that this team with the way Aaron was playing, had a chance to go and beat San Francisco. And then, I don't know, whoever the round two is in Philly and then against the the Bills and the Chiefs or whoever ends up in the Super Bowl, like it just wasn't happening. And they seem way further away than they ever had in 1920 or 21. This is a completely different team. So the fact that you have seen this major decline is reason number two. Reason number three is this offense and the disjointedness of this offense. And if if you're coming off a season like 2020, not, not just where Rodgers is playing like an MVP, but you can see the vision for this offense where Rodgers and LaFleur are in lockstep and they're on the same page. And this LaFleur offense looks really innovative and unique and impressive. And it's stacking plays on top of each other. And there's a cohesiveness like then. Yeah. Like, okay, this is trending in the right direction. It is trending in the exact opposite direction. 2020 was beautiful. 2021, you saw more of the a few of these more McCarthy uh, type Rogers type plays come to play. 2022 was more Rogers McCarthy stuff than it was Lafleur stuff. It is very very disjointed at the moment for between what we've seen on the field and what a Matt Lafleur offense actually looks like, and that gives me serious cause for concern as to like who's actually running the offense and deciding what plays are going to get called. And it would be a, another another to, you know story entirely if. LaFleur wasn't running LaFleur stuff and they were running the stuff that Rodgers wanted to run and were having a ton of success with it, by all means, then just let Rodgers cook. Like, absolutely. But it wasn't. This offense was really, really bad in 2022, partially due to circumstances. I'll say it again, but it's it wasn't good enough. And you're mostly in all likelihood, going to have a similar offensive roster with maybe a different piece here or there, which could help. Healthy Bakhtiari and Jenkins for the year could help. There's some things that could break Green Bay's way, but for the most part, probably a very similar offensive structure in 2023 that you had in 2022. So the disconnect there, the friction, the tension that, well, it's not obvious, meaning that like there hasn't been this big LaFleur Rogers blow up, just watching it on the field. Everything seems painful. A 15 yard gain felt like moving a mountain. That is where a huge part of my concern lies as well. Next is you still have the ability to gain assets for Aaron Rodgers, and this might be your last opportunity to do so. We'll talk more in just a second as to what that you know could potentially consist of, but 
there should be a significant asset that you get in return for Aaron. It's not going to be, you know, two first round picks, two seconds, Drew Locke, Noah Fant, Shelby Harris. It's not going to be a mother load type of deal, but you could potentially get an early first, maybe more, maybe move up in the first, get an additional pick. Like there's some opportunities there where you could potentially get a very significant asset that can help your team in the long run as well. So that is important to me as well. Number five in a huge part of this, I believe the Super Bowl window is ultimately shut. If Aaron, if you're telling me that Aaron's going to come back for one season, and maybe he comes back for two, maybe it ends up even being more. I don't necessarily feel better about that, if I'm being honest, but I just don't see an avenue where this is going to end up better than it was. What this feels like right now is somebody at the blackjack table that in 2019 lost $5. So I bring it back in 2020 and then they lost, they bet, they rebet and then they lost 10. So they bet 10 in 2021, now they're down 20. So they bet 20 in 2022, now they're down 40. They, now they're gonna bet, uh, what, 40 in 2023. So now they're down 80. Then they're gonna bet 160 and then 320. And they're just gonna keep losing it over and over and over. And instead of actually taking that painful moment where you have to move on from Aaron Rodgers and start fresh, you're just keeping on doubling down and being like, one of these times it's going to hit. One of these times we're going to win the Super Bowl. Maybe it's not this year. Okay. It's going to be next year. Okay. It's going to be next year. It feels like a degenerate junkie right now of keep doubling down and being like, we're going to get that Super Bowl with Aaron. We're going to get that Super Bowl with Aaron. When the truth is, is the 2022 or the 2020 version of the Packers was the real opportunity. And 2021 was a little bit worse. 2022 was a lot worse. My concern is that 2023 is going to be a little bit worse than that. And then 2024 would be even worse than that. And you end up actually with this declining uh, sliding scale for what your actual opportunity is to win a Super Bowl. Now, I don't fully believe that last part, meaning that I think they're going to be, if, if Aaron's back this next year, I would be willing to bet that they perform better than eight and nine next year. That would be my bet. If I were a betting person, I would say I would bet the over on eight wins next season, but I certainly wouldn't come close to saying that they're going to be legitimate contenders for a Super Bowl, which is ultimately the only thing that you are concerned about and caring about if you're opening, if you're trying to do everything in your power to open up one more window for Aaron Rodgers as you're paying him 60 additional million, 99.7 million over three seasons, basically for this one year of Aaron Rodgers. That would be concerning to me. Now, if you said, all right, they're projected. If this was another like loss in the Super Bowl or another NFC Championship run, and they showed real signs at the end of the year, but like, yeah, I totally get it. But we didn't see that. And to me, that four-game win streak at the end of the year was more fool's gold than anything. It's a bad Bears team. It's Tua with a concussion. It's a really bad Rams team with no Donald or Cup. Baker Mayfield at quarterback. It's a shell of its uh, the Rams team that we saw a year ago. And then, you know, you got a nice win against the Vikings who had nothing to play for and also were basically a fraudulent team, which we learned again against the Giants just yesterday. So I do not see if we're like, um, you know, if we're Dr. Stranging this and we're trying to calculate all the different opportunities where Aaron Rodgers could win a Super Bowl next year, I'm sure there is somewhere in the multiverse where that could potentially happen if everything hit right. I just think your odds are probably less than 1% that that happens. And to me, that is not a good enough opportunity where you say, hey, I'm going to pay another 60 million in dead cap and I'm going to give up potential assets uh, that I could get in return for Aaron to do that. I just don't think that that's your absolute best case scenario. So that is another reason. I just don't think there's a window left open for Aaron Rodgers in this team. Number six, you need to evaluate Jordan Love. The worst thing that could happen, 
uh, let me rephrase that. The worst thing that you could happen if we're being totally realistic is that you trade away Aaron Rodgers and that would have been the year that you won the Super Bowl. If you think you legitimately had a real, real chance to win a Super Bowl and you traded him away, he goes out and wins a Super Bowl somewhere else and everything on your team ends up looking awesome next year and it looks like you could have won a Super Bowl and you passed on it for maybe a first round pick or something, that is legitimately the worst case scenario. So I will give you that. If you want to make that argument, I'm not going to argue it against you. I just think your odds are so insanely slim of that being the result that actually hits. The second worst um, outcome is that you trade... Jordan Love, and he ends up being a top 10 quarterback somewhere else. Ideally, you would love to have a season where you could evaluate Jordan Love and see what he ultimately can be in this Matt LaFleur offense and what he can ultimately be as a quarterback. And this is really probably your last opportunity that you're going to get to evaluate him. So that makes it another reason why I would go in this direction. Number seven is being worse, which they likely would be, isn't necessarily worse. And what I mean by that, and as I mentioned on yesterday's show, You could make the strong argument that any outcome with Jordan Love last year would have been better than an eight and nine season with Aaron Rodgers. Meaning that if they would have won one more game, they would have made the playoffs with Jordan Love at quarterback. If they would have won one more game, not likely, but if it would have happened, they would have made the playoffs. If they go eight and nine, they get a full seat. They end up with the same record and they get a full season of evaluating Jordan Love. And if they realize he's the guy, now he actually has experience with Watson and Dobbs and all those guys as well. So that's extremely important. Maybe if you get six or seven wins instead of eight, probably doesn't change that much. You got a better evaluation of Jordan Love. Maybe he's the guy, maybe he's not, but you got to decide that and you got him experience and to see what he could do with those receivers. If it's four, three, two, one, zero wins, maybe you ultimately realize, okay, Jordan's not the guy, but that's an important step to take and know as well. And now you're probably picking in the top 10 and could potentially move up to get a different quarterback if that's what you ultimately deem necessary as well. Any outcome with Jordan Love in 2022 would have been better than the eight and nine that we saw with with Aaron Rodgers because you get nothing out of it and you don't get to evaluate Jordan Love either, which is a a miss. It's it's unfortunate. So you want to avoid that happening again next year. And just because maybe next year you do make the Aaron Rodgers trade and you go with Jordan Love and they go six and eleven, whatever it is, six and eleven, that's not necessarily worse than if they would have gone eight and nine again with Aaron Rodgers or even nine and eight and lost in the first round of the playoffs. Going six and 11 with love might've actually ended up being better than what the alternative was. So being worse isn't necessarily worse because you are going to get something out of it with being able to evaluate Jordan Love in that situation. And if he's not the guy, now you know, and now you have a worse draft pick and you can move on from there on out. And last but not least, it is going to be time to just start opening a new window. I talk all the time about knowing when your window is closed and when you, and knowing when you need to open a new one. In my opinion, wholeheartedly, the Aaron Rodgers window is slammed shut. There is maybe the tiniest sliver that you could maybe just kind of like, if you get down low enough, you can kind of just be like, I, I think it might, I think there might be a slight small draft that's coming in, no pun intended on the word draft, but there's a slight small breeze that's coming through. Like you could just barely feel it, but it just feels like maybe it's just a sliver open. Maybe. I don't think so, but maybe there's that slight sliver if he comes back one more year where you could open it up and do something crazy and make a run at things. 
Personally, I just don't see it. And I would rather put those resources, the time, the effort, the energy, and to try and open up the next championship window than to try to keep one open so desperately that you're actually hurting future championship windows and future success of this franchise because you're so desperately trying to keep open a window that's just going to stay closed no matter what you ultimately do. And maybe one other thing that I think is super noteworthy here too is I think that this is actually best for Aaron Rodgers. I think he needs a change of scenery too. He has been in Green Bay for a long time with a lot of the same people, with a lot of the same faces. I honestly think that just a change of scenery could actually do him wonders and maybe have him have a really good season. It worked for Brett Favre. He was having a phenomenal season for the Jets before he in, uh, suffered the injury, um, it, what, midway through that season. And then he had arguably the best season of his career in the first year in Minnesota. And I'm not saying as a Packer fan that you should necessarily be excited about that, that if he goes to another team that he could have one of the best seasons of his career. But I do think, thinking of the human uh, thinking of Aaron as well in this situation, which is also important if you're an actual GM of the team, I actually think that this could be the best thing for Aaron to just get a fresh start somewhere for the last year or two, ultimately, of his career. Now, as to what Green Bay could potentially get in the trade, that is a tough situation to discuss. It's really tough to gauge because you're probably, as the team trading for him, thinking that you're going to get one year out of it. I think maybe if, if you can find a team above them, uh, that would potentially be interested, like the Colts or the Raiders, a team like that. Maybe you are able to swap picks. They get pick 15, you get their earlier first round pick, and you get a second round pick from them um, so that they don't lose their first entirely, but you move up closer in the draft uh, to get an even better player. Meanwhile, you pick up an extra second round pick. That to me could make some sense. Maybe it's just a pure first. Maybe it's a first and a third for Rodgers and a fifth. Maybe something like that. I don't think it's going to be something you know crazy. I don't think it's going to be two first, two seconds, anything like that. But I do think they can still pick up a significant asset if they were to trade him. And certainly he has trade value. Whatever that is, it's tough to gauge and tough to say, but they would get something in return if they did want to trade Aaron. Even if it was just for one season of Aaron Rodgers, there would be bidding between teams for his services in that scenario. I think this is ultimately an opportunity if they would go in this direction to make a Jordan Love evaluation, I think it's an opportunity to start getting right from a salary cap standpoint. I think it's an opportunity to pick up additional assets for Aaron Rodgers the last time to do so. I think it's an opportunity to get out of crazy Aaron Rodgers future cap hits and start getting right financially. I think it's an opportunity to see the true Matt LaFleur offense and what it's capable of and what it can do and at least evaluate Matt LaFleur from that standpoint as well. I think it's an opportunity for new leaders to step up in this locker room. And I think it's an opportunity to start opening up a new championship window. And as mentioned, I think this is an opportunity for Aaron Rodgers to maybe just start fresh and do something different and maybe make it not as monotonous as it has been uh, since he's been with Green Bay for so incredibly long. Listen, last things I'll say here, this could end up awful. Trading Rodgers and going in a different direction could end up terrible. This could be a decade of losing after this. It really could be. There is no guarantee that once Aaron is out that door, that there is any near playoff chances in the near future. It could, you could, this could be the next, you know, 19, the Green Bay Packers of the 1980s. We could see a decade of losing in Green Bay. So I get that that could be right around the corner. And you might be thinking like, you better hope that you get one year of Aaron Rodgers left before you enter into a decade of losing, because that could be what's around the corner. That's legitimately true. So if you want to see that one last like prying of the window open to just see if maybe there's a sliver of hope there, 
maybe that's your, maybe this is still, maybe Aaron Rodgers this year, just coming off an eight, nine season, worst season of his career. Maybe this upcoming with Aaron Rodgers trying to go all in one more year, maybe that's still the best opportunity that Green Bay has to make a run at anything over the next decade, no matter what they do. Like maybe that's the case. So I totally get that. It could end up awful. But what I would argue is I think keeping Rodgers for another year, taking all those additional salary cap hits, not getting assets in return, I think the alternative is more likely to actually be worse. Meaning you pry open a window for one year that's not really, uh, uh, have the ability to be open and you end up putting yourself way behind the eight ball for the next few seasons. Don't get any assets in return and you end up with another nine and eight season and you're in complete no man's land. And that ends up being way, way worse than even if you were a bad team with Jordan Love or any other quarterback this upcoming season. And if you don't agree with any of this, I totally 1 million percent understand it. I totally 1 million percent get it. Maybe 2022 is a series of unfortunate events. Maybe the offensive line and no Christian Watson were so bad in those first few games that the fact that they went three and one was a minor miracle and a, a real testament to Aaron Rodgers and this team. And then you had the middle of the season, they had the losing streak, but it was a tough schedule, a ton on the road. And then Aaron Rodgers got banged up. You had the um, you had the thumb injury, you had the rib injury, like you had a lot of stuff that went wrong in the middle of the year. Maybe if Rodgers doesn't suffer the injuries, maybe this is a playoff team. Maybe if you don't have Watson and the offensive line injured at the beginning of the season, this is probably a playoff team. Maybe if, you know, maybe the four game winning streak was, I'm, maybe I'm not giving that enough credit. Maybe that was the, the real Green Bay Packers team, including blowing out the Minnesota Vikings. Maybe that's this real Packers team. And maybe there is a, a better opportunity in 2023 that I'm giving credit for. And if that's your belief, that, that I, that's fine. That's what makes this fun to discuss is there's no perfect option. There's no, there's no perfect, you know, silver lining, silver bullet that is just going to cure everything and be like, now everything's perfect. Like I said, if you, if you really un, like are feeling strong that you want to keep that window open one more year and just pray and hope that Aaron can get it done and he can ride off into the sunset with a Super Bowl win. I get it. Those are, those are, like I said, this, there's no easy decision to be made here. And it's not Madden, it's not fantasy football. And I'm trying my best to really take all of that into consideration and just know that like maybe there is a small sliver of an avenue that Green Bay could navigate this next year to make a run at things. And if that's what you believe, I get it, I understand it. Certainly not mad at you. And uh, certainly would understand if that's where your head is at with this entire situation. Personally, I don't see the avenue. I can't put my Dr. Strange hat on and see like, this is the one way where Green Bay can find a path to the Super Bowl. I can't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist, but because of that reason, because of all the things that we discussed today, personally, if it were up to me, and this is where you get to say, once again, as I mentioned a year ago, you can say, Andy, I'm so thankful that you're not the general manager of the Green Bay Packers, and me too, because that sounds super freaking stressful. And as I mentioned a year ago, this is all super easy for me to say in my basement with a couple of lights on a microphone when I don't have my job on the line, when I don't have to look Aaron Rodgers in the eye and tell him that I'm trading him to you know, who knows where. That's a lot different pressure. That's a lot different at stake. And I totally respect and have, uh, you know, the utmost of reverence for what goes into that type of decision. So it's not easy, but if it were me, I like to think that this is what I would ultimately do in this situation if it were presented. Thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate you going through this with me. I know it's not an easy topic. I know it's a heavy topic, but this is what I ultimately feel. And that's what I'm going to give you Every single day, 365 days a year is my 100% true thoughts on the topic. 
Feel free to disagree. I understand you. I love you. I appreciate you being here. I will talk to you guys again tomorrow with an all new episode. But until next time, and as always, go Pack Go.